pastor got word that one of his members was in the hospital and had taken a turn for the worst. And so when he showed up in ICU, he saw Fred hooked up to a bunch of tubes and he had on a mask, an oxygen mask, so he was unable to speak to the pastor. But he noticed that Fred was really upset. And so he pointed, Fred pointed to a, to a notepad and a pencil and so the pastor handed it to him and Fred wrote a note and handed it to the pastor and the pastor folded it up and put it in his coat pocket. And he thought, well, he's really distressed. Now's not the time to, 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 to worry. And, and all of a sudden, Fred died. Right there, and, and they came in and to attend to him, and, and he, everything was so upset that, to be quite honest, the pastor didn't read the note at the time. A few days later was the funeral, so officiated the funeral after he was around with family and friends, and the pastor remembered about the note in his coat pocket. So he pulled out the note and thought, "Well, I'm sure that the family and friends would want to know what the last words were that Fred wrote." So he opened the note and he read it. And it said, step to the right, you're standing on my oxygen hose. (laughs) Sometimes we hurt people inadvertently. We don't mean to hurt them, but we do. Uh, Today though, as we look in the book of Ephesians, we're going to look at verses 25 through 32 of chapter 4. And we're going to look at sinful habits, sinful actions in our lives where we hurt each other and ultimately hurt the Lord and how God wants to change that pattern in our lives. And so I'm going to ask when you find that Ephesians 4, 25 through the end of the chapter, stand in God's honor and I'm going to read it aloud. It says, Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor for we are all members of one body. In your anger... Do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs so that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Let's pray. Lord, here we are again, Father. We need to hear from You. We've gathered to worship You. And over and over again this prayer, I want to turn to You. For You are the one to worship. You are the real audience. You are the one that deserves everything, Lord. And so I just pray that as we continue to move ahead in this worship service, that worship would happen. And that You would be the object of worship, Lord. Pray for Your anointing. Pray for Your Holy Spirit. Pray You speak to our hearts. Master, we need to hear from You this morning. Father, we want to be close to You. But sometimes we don't act like it. So help us, Lord, to look to You and to receive Your power and to walk in Your ways, God, to touch a world that needs You. We pray for You, Lord, to show up 
And we love you, Lord. In your name we ask this. Amen. story goes of a bazaar um, in another country where a man, as he walked around, he spotted a, a vendor who came in and, and he was carrying a pole with a bunch of strings that were attached to this pole. Uh, and then the other side of the strings were all attached to the leg of a bird. So there, he was carrying this pole and there were all these birds and he set the pole down and the birds went round and round the pole. And this man who had a heart for animals, he decided that he would purchase the birds. And so he went up to the guy and he said, how much for all the birds? And the guy said, you know, he gave him a price. And he paid the money. And so the man said, okay, I want you to cut all those birds free. And so he snipped free all those birds, cut through the twine on each bird's leg. And the birds flew up in the air a short distance, landed, and walked around in a circle just like they did when they were attached to the stake in the ground, the pole in the ground. And he went over and he shoot them, and they flew a short distance and landed and continued to walk round and around. You see, they had walked around so long in that circle. They had been staked. They had been a part of that behavior, that habit for so long. that That's just naturally what they did. (laughs) Even though they had been set free, even though they had been cut loose, even though they could fly, even though they could get away, they just went back to that same crazy, endless habit of walking around and around in a circle. We as God's people have been set free through the power of Jesus Christ. We're told that if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Uh, I love Romans chapter 6, guys. It tells us, it starts out, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live in it any longer? And then it goes on, it it gives this great example talking about baptism and how that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death. And those of us that were raised were raised into His life, His resurrection life. And then it tells us our old man is crucified, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. And it says, now if we be dead with Christ, we also believe that we shall live with Him. And it talks about that we're dead to an old way of life, made alive to a new way of life, that we are not, further on in the chapter it says that we are not servants to sin, but we have been made servants to righteousness unto holiness because of the work of Jesus Christ whose Spirit dwells within us and longs to take control of us. And so the plea there is act as you really are. Act as one who has been made free. Don't continue to live in bondage. Galatians 5.1 reads, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. God wants us to change our thinking and to change our behavior and, and to learn a new way of life. That's real freedom. Guys, not to live in slavery 
not to, to be trapped by an old way of life that God's cut us free from, but to be new. That's His plea. That's His hope for you and, and for me. That's what He wants to do. Uh, Chuck Swindoll uses a great example here. <laughs> he said, imagine that you're on a mountain and you guys have been on some curvy roads. We're, we're in the mountains. Uh, and I remember one curvy road back home. It was so curvy that I thought, you know, if I look in the rearview mirror, I'm liable to see myself. You know, going down this road. And, you know, they had some of these signs. It's like, you know, what are these signs? It almost looks like an eight. You know, the, these curve signs, these, these yield signs. Anyway, uh, Chuck uh, talks about in this illustration, he said, imagine two signs. You're on one of those kind of roads on a mountain. One sign says, hospital below. And so you say, well, there's somebody there that can patch me up. So you drive off the side of the mountain, there's this big crash, but no worries because there's trained medical people. They're ready to take you into the hospital. They're ready to treat any broken bones, any damage to your body and fix you up. Because that's the place where you need to be once you have a crash is the hospital. But then there's another sign that says, uh, drive slow, curve ahead. And so he said, you know, or you can use, you can take that advice. There's a curve ahead, drive slow so you don't go off the side of the mountain and crash. God has set us free in His Word and He doesn't want us going over the cliff and crashing and then needing to go to Him for forgiveness and for grace and for a a new start. He wants us rather to drive through this life with as few regrets as possible. To live in His power. To follow His Spirit. To, to know Him in a personal way. And as we come to this section of Scripture, Paul deals with some sinful patterns that we as God, God's people, we tend to just go around and around if we're not careful and fall into an habitual pattern that we're free from. And, and so we're just going to go through a list here of some of these habitual patterns God wants to break us free from. First in verse 25, he wants to set us free from falsehood, from, from lies. He says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Basically, a, a lie, falsehood, is anything that misrepresents the truth. It may be embellishing. Hey guys, as a as a speaker, as a storyteller, you know, I find myself adding to stories and, and I'm, you know, getting a point across and before I know it, if I'm not careful, I've changed the whole story. Cindy tries to bring me back to reality sometimes as you get going, stretching the truth in any way or sometimes it's being silent when you should speak up. Can be a falsehood, can be a deception, can lead others astray. Sometimes it's through flattery. Putting so much butter on somebody that, man, they could slide through anything because you flatter. Sometimes it's those little white lies that cause great big problems that are ugly. God wants to set us free. And He doesn't want us to be one person here and one person there. He wants to teach us to be the same person wherever we are. I love the quote by Jim Elliott who said, Wherever you are, be all there. What a great thought. Wherever you are, be all there. Wherever they see you, be the same person. 
Don't deceive. Don't lead people astray. Don't exaggerate. But, but seek to, to live a life that's true, that's honest, that represents things correctly and well. Next, he moves into the area of anger. Uh, we've heard these two verses quite a bit through the years, those of us who have been in church. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Now, as I start here with anger, let me say that there are some people that seem to think that anger in and of itself is always wrong, always a sin. That's not true. There are times where anger is the appropriate response. There are times in the Scripture where God would be angry. And remember when Jesus was angry in the temple, and when that occurs is when something that is precious is hurt. I think of little kids when they're abused or they're hurt or in the case of the elderly. And I remember one of the times I got the maddest and I was almost too mad to act and so I didn't do anything. But I was in line to get some food and some young guy broke in front of this elderly couple and almost pushed them out of the way to jump in front of them. And something just went off in me. I wanted to yank I wanted to yank that guy and I'm not gonna get too Christian there while it's going through my mind. <laughs> but you know, being mean. I, I remember another time a guy in my church whose daughter at college uh was date raped. And he called me up and he said, uh Todd, he said, I want to go find that guy and kill him. Well, you know, we talked for a while. And he finally calmed down enough. And, but you know, the truth is, hey man, somebody raped your daughter. Don't you think that's kind of what goes through your head? I'm going to find him and kill him. As he says here, he doesn't say don't be angry. He says in your anger, he says don't sin. Don't be don't lose control when you're angry. Don't don't let that lack of self-control cause you to do something that is against God, that is against other people. And then the second thing here, he says don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Don't let it go on and on where it begins to control you and turns into bitterness. Don't let anger be prolonged and, and continue, if at all possible, as it says in Romans 12, live at peace with everyone. It's not always possible to live at peace with everyone. It's not always always possible to be able to uh, take a relationship that's fractured and to bring healing, but we're to do our role in it. God calls us to be active, to mend relationships when they're broken. God calls us to move in that direction. Now's the area of stealing. Look at verse 28. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. In that day, there were two primary areas where there was a lot of theft. There were the boat docks, people who would work on the docks, on the ships, and they would just take stuff home. An employer won't miss it. I'll just take it home. He has plenty of stuff. And then they were in the bathhouses. That was the place where people would work out. You know, they'd put on their workout clothes and they'd come back and stuff would be missing. 
basically, as it talks about stealing here, it's taking something that's not yours. It's taking something you don't own. That's stealing. And I mean, I could give examples of... That's the basis of it. One of my favorite examples of this is a guy that sent a letter to the IRS. He said, I can't sleep because I owe you money. He said, so I have enclosed $150. And he says, if I still can't sleep, I'll send you more. Idea of stealing. Winston Churchill was at one of these big events with wealthy people. And they had silver shakers, salt and pepper shakers. And one of the ladies there picked up the salt shaker and put it in her purse. And so one of Churchill's aides came to him and said, you know, what happened? She she took the salt shaker. What do we do? And he said, let me handle this. He walked over to the table and picked up the pepper shaker and put it in his coat. And then he walked over to her and he whispered in her ear. He said, he said, lady or ma'am, he said, I think that people have seen us take the shakers. Before there's trouble, let's go put them back. And so I thought that was real creative. They put the salt and pepper shakers back. I remember uh, when I was a kid, there was a bait shop down the road. We'd go out in the yard when it rained and catch worms and try to sell them to the bait lady. She had candy in there. And I guess at one time or another, all of us tried to find ways to distract her and steal some candy. And, uh, man, when I became a Christian, God really, just really convicted me of that. And I remember I went and I knocked on her door. She had closed the bait shop by this time and I was grown. Knocked on the door and I just spilled my guts. I said, and, and you know, she was so gracious. She just laughed and said, yeah, I guess all you kids robbed me blind of candy. But she said, but thanks so much just for having the courage to come and tell me, to be honest, to open, to talk. All right, moving from stealing to the area of unwholesome words. 4.29 Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs so that it may benefit those who listen. Unwholesome talk. Well, you know, first thing comes to your mind is gutter talk. Vulgarity, cussing. You know, don't have a don't have a gutter mouth where you know sewers always seeping out. That's part of it, but it's more than that. It's also having a type of mouth that tears people down all the time. That always belittles others and demeans people. That's negative and sarcastic and cutting. God doesn't want that to be a part of our lives on a consistent basis. He doesn't want that pattern to rule the words that come out of our mouths. St. Augustine, they said this motto was hanging in his dining room whenever he had guests. He who speaks evil of an absent man or woman is not welcome at this table. I thought, man, that is great words. Let's not tear each other down. Let's build each other up. Let's, let's seek to, 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 to be together and to, to, to cheer each other on toward the Walking with God and walking with Christ and, and to, to serve Him. And he closes with these verses looking, 
Verse 31, what a list here. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Now, where does all this come from? Well, we find out in the next verse. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, malice. It came because somebody was hurt and they would not forgive. And as a result of not being willing to forgive, all this began to eat them up inside. All this bitterness, this rage, anger, brawling, slander, malice. Uh, and, And he says, get rid of it. You have to forgive. You have to learn how to forgive others and not to hold on to that hurt because it will destroy you. Matter of fact, as as I come to the end of this message, I want to read a quote to you. This is from Frederick Buechner. And what what a great quote on what bitterness will do to you if you won't forgive. Listen to this. Buechner writes, Of the seven deadly sins, anger is possibly the most fun. To lick your wounds, to smack your lips over grievances long past, to savor to the last toothsome morsel both the pain you were given and the pain you were giving back. In many ways, it is a feast fit for a king. The chief drawback is that what you are wolfing down is yourself. The skeleton at the feast is you. I guess as I come to the end of these patterns, do you need to forgive somebody? Has has somebody hurt you and it's eating you away and you are wolfing down yourself? God forgives you and He calls us to forgive each other. And the truth of the matter is, He's called us to live in forgiveness and when we don't, we become slaves to sin and we become slaves and trapped where we're never meant to be. He calls us to live differently. He says to quit lying. He says to quit stealing. He says to change your tongue. He says to get rid of that anger that controls you. He says, and learn to live a new life. That's the challenge. Do you know that life? Do you have that life? It only comes through Jesus Christ and we're only able to continue to live in it as we remain in Christ, as we seek His Spirit. Because we're slaves one way or the other. Who are you a slave to? That's the question this morning. Is it to Christ? Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank You for allowing us to look at Your Word. Father, to be reminded, Lord, that we're not meant to be trapped. We're meant to be free. We're not meant to go in circles over and over again in useless, worthless, destructive patterns that do not bring glory to You. I pray, Father, this morning that Your Spirit would search us like a big spotlight that we would look into Your light and we'd see where we are, who we are. And Father, that You'd help us see what needs to be changed. It may be that one is here who has never turned to You.
to find that forgiveness. We can't forgive until we're forgiven. Father, I pray this morning that would happen, that that one would say, Lord, I need to be forgiven. I need You in my life. I need a new start. I need You, Lord. And I pray at that moment that person would just say, Enter in, Lord, forgive me. You love us so much that You're always available to to reach out and love us when we call. And so, Father, I pray for that. I pray for the others of us who have already entered into that relationship with You, that for whatever reason we've allowed sinful patterns and behaviors to chain us again. Father, I pray that You remove the chains. I ask, Father, that You unlock the shackles. I ask, Lord, that You set us free. I ask, Father, that You give us a new path and that we quit going in the same old circle. Lord, we just turn to You for that. Thank You that Your Spirit is able and, Lord, that You're there. We need You. We seek You. Father, turn our hearts toward You. In Your name we pray. Amen.